There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Give it to me! Hello, everyone. I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing, the weekly podcast supported by you, where we are definitely stretching the bounds of the week, recording as we are on a Sunday morning. But that doesn't mean that while everybody was distracted and with the big things and reading the news and the whatnot, the things, the things they kept on a thing in. Oh, here for you. the Don't things. Worry. I've got I've got classic things this week. I know I do not. I'm I, on theme. I don't know how I stumbled into these things but they they stumbled into me and i have them and i can't wait to talk to you about them i mean i'm not gonna lie like i'm looking at the one thing and Should we just get that one away out of the way yeah, first yeah i would please like to dispense with that because <laughs> okay so this thing started on another show that i do sword and laser uh somebody sent in a a review actually uh, i think a, a, a link to pre-order a book called dark archives uh, which was about uh, the history of books bound in human skin. Mm-hmm. Now, this was around Halloween. You understand, like, oh, smart, putting this book around Halloween, everybody's going to talk about it. Then mm-hmm. I'm listening to a podcast I adore, hosted by Mallory O'Mara and Bria Grant, called Reading Glasses. And they, of course, bring up dark archives. And I think, oh, well, that, you know, book book podcasts doing that, that. That makes sense. You know, we're a book podcast, Sword and Laser. They're a book podcast. We're all talking about this Halloween. Didn't think too much of it until I was listening to The Economist Daily News podcast during election week. And they have an interview with the author of Dark Archives talking about human skin. And by the way, this is a couple of days after Halloween. Uh, so they're just like, this is fascinating. And, And you get a little more of the story in that interview about how she really did this not out of salaciousness, but to highlight the practices that led to this uh, and the controversy over whether to keep these sorts of things in their collection. Then I go looking and the New York Review of Books uh, has it uh, up on the book review. So uh, at least for the past couple of weeks, I don't expect this to stick around as a trend. Uh, Bookbinding with human skin, uh, a practice <laughs> of the 1800s and early 1900s uh, definitely was a thing. Wow. I mean, where? Look, I'm just saying this is the only show where you're going to hear this. <laughs> Other than reading classes, certainly, in the Economist podcast. Okay, fair. But where you're going to hear yeah. it identified as like a thing. Like, guys, right, God, right, you right. know what's a thing? Is this whole like conversation about the human skin bookbinding? And it, and it really is. Everyone's doing it. Uh, <laughs> Not not to be detrimental to my own self-interest, but you should re- listen to that Economist interview because it points out that this this was a time when medical research really got desensitized to the human body. And they just, you know, when a, when a body was no longer with us and they were using it for science, uh, it just became natural to be like, oh, yeah, you know, might as well <laughs> use all parts of 
not a buffalo, but right. like, it was that kind of it was that cold, calculating uh, feeling uh, that was pervasive at that time, and and a little bit of racism, uh, a, a little bit of of, uh-huh. of classism about the subjects of your experiments. Wow, yeah, this is actually pretty fascinating, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, I want it to be a scientific examination, and it definitely is in terms of the book, but gross, because I read about the one thing about the... Anyway, And then, yeah, there's a lot of controversy about whether these books should be kept, like once some of them they've identified. (laughs) Right. Uh, And and the the prevailing wisdom is, yes, they should be kept and given context, Uh, you know, and, and... so shown as like this was a practice and we should be aware of that and and it's a lesson against desensitization and and right. exploitation this is absolutely fascinating yeah, yeah, yeah. there was like not a lot of consent tattoos huh wow okay yep i d- i didn't um i did not come across that thing so bravo bravo okay. to you sir that is the heaviest one of our things today <laughs> kind of <laughs> Kind of. I think we're going to have a shared thing that will be a little Mm -hmm. bit. That's a little heavy as well. I will say that both of my things are a little, uh, a little unusually on topic for our show. But I mean, I like barely even made it today, made it to today. And in fact, I didn't because there were a whole bunch of articles where about everybody discovering the like supreme supernova thing. That is Steve Kornacki, Mm. the MSNBC uh, political map caller, like their political commentator. He's the John King of MSNBC. If you're a CNN person, he's the guy who does all the magic math with the map and the whatever. And apparently had been a thing. My friend Christine alerted me to this guy. I'm it's not my channel. And so I didn't know (laughs) that he was like the thingiest thing that ever thinked. People are obsessed with this guy. He's like super energetic and he wears these like funny kind of way too dark uh chinos like they're not t- totally khaki color they're anyway he looks super nerdy he's a super genius he i think just must exist on like caffeine and adrenaline and he like at one point he stepped away and leslie jones tweeted <laughs> about the other guy like who the f is this guy where is steve i don't trust anybody but steve <laughs> like i just started seeing all these steve kornacki memes popping up they were saying that he had stepped away to get a little course snacky <laughs> and like and then somebody on instagram yesterday um our old bol friend graham Rowett, and like an image that was like rest steve rest well and it was like you know putting him in a cryogenic chamber rest well steve kornacki we need you for january 5th like and then i looked him up this morning and it's everywhere how msnbc's steve kornacki became a viral sensation in the wake of election night his election week adrenaline diet coke little food or sleep like i thought john king had pulled off a pretty oppressive impressive feat of basically being on television for like four straight days but apparently no Mm -mm. steve kornacki he's the guy i I, I don't know this is this is a pro this is the you know emblematic of the division in america uh you know i i i hear this and i just get angry molly i get angry because john (laughs) king is the leader in this space uh he's experienced no i'm I'm kidding i don't get angry and you have this but i am definitely on the john king camp and john king had articles written about him in the la times about how he you know hadn't had any sleep and and he is as precise with the math and he has been doing this for a long time uh and there's I, maybe there's even a meta thing here because Kornacki is definitely a thing. Like I was seeing that all over the place too. He is for sure a thing, uh, but it's true. I like think there might there be a camps. meta thing. There are, there are king camps and Kornacki camps. 
Absolutely. Oh my God. King Caps, Camps and Kornacki <laughs> Camps are amazing. I want to see dueling clips because there was that clip. And in fact, uh, Afi JMZ reminded me in the discourse that there was this one clip where a whole batch came in and Steve Kornacki was like, yeah, we've got the this one and the 2000. And if I'm doing this math right, I'm going to say it's 2,652. Uh, but my producers can check it. And then like 30 seconds later, they're like, it's 2,652. Like he just nailed it yeah, yeah. on the fly in real time with the scribbles and the TV and the whatever, whatever. And I know John King was doing the same thing. And maybe it's just like this, this superhuman... I mean, I will say the super duper meta thing is that last week was a great day for like white guy data nerds. <laughs> they well, just Kornacki's had their new. moment. King's been doing this since 2008, I think. Uh, oh, so I okay. think Kornacki gets a little more attention, possibly. It also maybe your, your your own like who you follow, uh, you know, may affect it, too. But but I think Kornacki gets a little more of the novelty of like, oh, I haven't seen this guy. Before. I know. And, and John King has been like, doing this forever five facts about the msnbc anchor and the election guru and no, no, no. and apparently he just and then he's just kind of a delightful story uh out sports wrote about him because <laughs> it's outsports.com has a very on the nose headline he's openly gay and a big sports fan says outsports <laughs> well see, i guess is. he's their beat <laughs> but it's just like charming people love this dude yeah uh Oh, and Chrissy Teigen, so like thing crossover because Chrissy Teigen, I think, may have pushed the thingness into the mainstream because she is obsessed with him. Yeah, I will point out, though, Saturday Night Live picked a side and it was Team King. They did. They they put John King King in their open, possibly because they couldn't resist a Wolf Blitzer imitation. But (laughs) I guess I guess centrist Uh, hegemony. I really I like there is a very small part of me that's annoyed at Kordaki. I'm like, John King's much better. Oh, I see. <laughs> okay, it, well, I'm Team King. I'm Team King. No disrespect to the Kornacki fans. I I oh see, God. but I'm I Team sense King. a Twitter poll. In these divided times, are you Team King or Team Kornacki? <laughs> I think we can we can we can reach out to each other and say, you know what? They both can be great. <laughs> No. <laughs> See, and that's that's spoken like a true Kornacki fan. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even. I'm, we're a CNN house. It was so like I. That's why I was slow. I think so that's the other thing. Is, I, I really do. I, like, I think I think you're used. To, everybody's used to seeing John King, and that's uh, the only news about John King was was people who were either discovering him for the first time or the fact that he really didn't sleep. Like, he really did not. You turned it on, and like he's still there. He's still going, yep. uh, and he just visibly enjoyed it. Like he loved doing it, and. And Kornacki was new. Kornacki was all those same things, not sleeping, totally loving what he was doing. And so everybody was like, yeah, yeah, I know about John King, but who's that guy? Yep. And it really is all about your channel. That is funny. Yeah. Ali Belshi was the poor guy who had to fill in and he like tweeted back at Leslie Jones and was like, come on. She's <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry. I've heard of Ali Belshi. He's been around for a while, too. He's been around for a while. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Anyway, that's what I got. That was that's my like one straight up political viewing thing all right uh let's 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 address our our shared thing before we move on to to less weighty stuff uh yeah let's very very sadly right before the show again uh we lost a national treasure alex trebek uh lost his fight with cancer and passed away this morning as we're recording this yeah and we just we found out just as we were about to fire up the skype so i know that by the time you're hearing this you have had some time to digest the news but i think the reason i put him in is not just that 
he died, which would be sad. Yeah. But he really was his own sort of special brand of thing. I mean, I think, you know, the meme now of what is we love Alec Trebek, Alex Trebek after he announced how sick he was. It's I mean, it just is a very interesting. Some people stir that kind of consistent and persistent love and admiration. And he really did. I think it was his approach, his very public approach to say, I've got this thing. I'm going to fight it and I'm going to keep working. Yeah. And I think a lot of people admire that. And all he ever was was just like awesome and mm-hmm. smart. Yeah. Mm. You know what? So anyway. Forget it. I'm team Trebek. Yeah, there you go. See, there's always something we can agree <laughs> on as Americans. Team Trebek. All right. Uh Here's another thing that I discovered quite by accident. I was searching for something else this week, uh, and this came up, and I I went down a rabbit hole, and it is a thing, and it's been a thing for a while. It's got its own subculture. Amazon return boxes. Are you familiar with this at all? No. So Amazon return boxes are lots, like pallets, huge lots of random returned items to Amazon that people sent back because they didn't want them or they were broken or whatever, for whatever reason. And returns, I I don't know if a lot of people really understand, returns are difficult because you are not allowed to resell a return item as a new thing. Uh, And there's a lot of other rules about what you can do to sell a returned item. So a lot of companies, especially big companies like Amazon, just sell them off in bulk to other people to deal with. And there's a whole subculture of people who seek out at like sites oh. like liquidation.com these pallets of returned items. At best, they're sorted into product categories. Like this will be mostly consumer electronics or this will be mostly home stuff. Sometimes they're not even sorted that much. And you don't know what you're going to get, although you can look at a picture of it and maybe see like a couple of boxes that have labels on them. Mm-hmm. And then there's a whole other subculture on YouTube of people unboxing their Amazon return pallets and discovering oh, what? what's in there and, you know, finding things that are in perfect condition that they can sell on eBay for a thousand dollars. And it's this whole subculture. I had no idea existed. And I only found because I got a weird search result when I was looking for something else. That is so interesting. It's kind of like the, uh, what's the name of those thing? Like the storage Oh, yeah, Shed. yeah. Storage Wars kind of Storage stuff. Wars. Yeah, I'm yeah. surprised this isn't like a show yet. We bought a mystery pallet of your Amazon returns from like 13 News Now in Norfolk, Virginia. <gasps> Crazy. I had no idea this is fascinating. And I believe, I believe in the thingness of that. Now I also believe it's the kind of thing that I'm going to start hearing about constantly. It, it does have that Bader Meinhof kind of glow right. <laughs> around it. Like right? it really, yeah, exactly. Like you could imagine now, it's just like, oh yeah. Like totally. when you heard about it before, you just thought Amazon returns, whatever. Okay, and now you know, you're like, wait, that's a thing. Uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. Wow. And you know, I was like, maybe I should try one of these. And then you realize it's a pallet. Like you have to arrange for a delivery company to drop this thing. On your driveway, if you've got one, because <laughs> it's right. you know it takes a forklift <laughs> to move them around. Oh my goodness! Liquidation.com has a whole sourced from Amazon liquidations. This is a really good story, and they've just got like a bunch of auctions. Yeah, pallets. Yeah. Huh. Wow, I had no idea. Um. Well, once again, I'm abruptly shifting tone. Okay. <laughs> Not good. tone, but Fine. topic. 
this is a this is a flash in the pan. This is a moment in time sure. thing. That's fair. That it was specific, I think, to this weekend and especially last night. And that thing uh, is watching Hamilton or listening to Hamilton mm. and basically uh, taking rev- like reliving a story of fighting for the country. Like, feeling feeling patriotic, feeling about you know about election and fighting and the, and uh-huh. the future of yeah yeah I could see that. And I'm not gonna try to pretend that this is a probably a cross party thing, and it was probably a specifically a California thing. But I watched it with my mom last night, and because she hadn't had a chance to watch it yet on Disney Plus, and I was like, well, this will be perfect actually because it's so patriotic and it makes you feel like oh you know we fought for this country and yeah yeah. And, and so I thought I was like this big genius and we were watching it. And then literally, like, I saw four or five mentions of it on Twitter. Uh-huh. And three of my friends said you that Bader they had done Meinhoff the same thing. yourself. I did Bader <laughs> Meinhof myself. That's what she said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was so interesting. there, And it really, like, it tells you how, I don't know, how, I guess, act- appropriate somehow. So much of that theme was then and still is. And I don't know. It's really interesting. Well, it was I pretty mean, meaningful. I, I feel like there's no more appropriate time for that because we are in any presidential election in the United States dealing with a lot of rules and procedures started then at, the, at that time. <laughs> Very true. Right. <laughs> like the whole electoral college system is in my opinion, horribly outdated. Uh, I'm, I keep waiting for both parties to lose the popular or win the popular vote and lose the electoral college so we can have a rational conversation about it someday. But yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I was actually looking up electoral college stuff because that's who I am. And I found a quote from Hamilton about him being for direct elections of the president, but willing mm-hmm. to compromise, but worried that the electoral college would slip from its original intent of being smart people from each state gathering together to choose a leader and just break down on party lines someday and become a mess. Like he predicted all the stuff that we have with the electoral college now. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Didn't cover that in the musical, but that's fine. Well, no, but I mean, you know, and then the musical of course has such a revolutionary bent, but also just the, the building it's about, you know, it's a, it's a also a musical about the hard work of building when it's harder, you know, governing is wait winning is easy governing is harder yeah what's the state of our nation like it just is i don't know it was really and it was just i mainly was just like uh i thought i was really smart but apparently everyone had this idea (laughs) well it just means it's a a brilliant idea that's all yes definitely that's definitely what it means also it was fun and also just sort of emotionally exhausting because then you know you got to cry a bunch and go to Mm -hmm. bed (laughs) also just really good composition of music like it could be about lizards and i'd be like that's amazing i mean i've seriously watched or listened to the hamilton songs i I don't know a hundred times maybe more and it just never gets old it's pretty remarkable i mean i feel like you could almost take anything and put it to lin-manuel's hamilton beats and it just suddenly sounds super cool and it would just sound better i know totally Yep. Dispatch anyway, is from Ford. Oh, your emergency pack thing is on <laughs> Oprah's list. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty adorable. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, speaking, speaking of, of which, which, yeah, so let's let's get the dispatch from Fordo. Uh, that starts your emergency pack thing is on Oprah's list of favorite things this year, and that was released today, which was oh, after man. you talked about it. Uh, 
So well done. Uh, also, am I a serial killer? I think I may be, or at least have the potential to be. I think I'm the only person I know. I consider you to be someone I actually know, Tom. Yes, Fordo, we know each other, uh, who didn't love Ted Lasso. I've been toggling between Ted and Steve Kornacki since Tuesday night. Uh, I thought it was sweet, and I love Ted and his non-toxic masculinity, but the show fell a bit flat for me in general. Darn. But now that I think of it, Steve Kornacki is totally a thing right now, right? Yes. Nailed it. Validated that. That's amazing. Uh, Also, Fordo wrote, I buy Pringles? That is all. That's all I can muster on this strange AF Wednesday. (laughs) She's Team Pringles. She's Team Pringles. Also, we should note that Fordo... Because, of course, finger on pulse of things. I'm sorry, Francis. Nope, not Fordo. Francis built a candy delivery system. And I think maybe sent a photo. Yeah, yeah. He sent a photo of him and, uh, I assume, his wife uh, sitting uh, on chairs oh, in the bed of that. their truck uh, <laughs> with little gutters uh, that they're using as chutes to deliver the candy. Oh, to the kids that is so by. great. Genius. So good. Yeah, the, the candy delivery thing was really pretty freaking delightful. Oh, that's so smart in the bed of the truck. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I love D. I love love DIY that just says, "What do I got around that'll work?" And you make it work. <laughs> no, that one's actually. I know that's so one. good. <laughs> so so good and so little work. Uh, Christopher um, sent in a yep. thing confirmation. I was listening to the latest episode this morning in my extra fuzzy pajamas. When the thing check about Cozy Boys cuddled its way into my headphones, <laughs> I reflected while sipping my coffee that this has definitely been my fashion choice since the madness began. As I sit here listening to the sounds of a raucous round of Among Us coming from Older Child's bedroom, mm-hmm. I have fleece-lined sweatpants, check, a long-sleeved undershirt chosen specifically for the softness of its fabric, check, fuzzy hoodie, check, soft wool fair trade socks with extra padding through the arch and instep that my beloved calls my squeezy foot socks. Oh my God. We'll wear an alpaca wool jacket should I be forced to leave my house today. Check. And, and fuzzy slippers. Whoa. I am, as you read this, likely cuddling 1D6-2, purring cats, long haired, of course, check and check. I think that I have not worn an Oxford shirt or any pants hanging in my closet since March. (laughs) Hashtag living the cozy life, Christopher. That is amazing. Christopher should give lessons. That's like a master class. Totally. Totally. In the cozy life right there. Dang. And I say that as someone who is currently sitting here in a tiger stripe bathrobe and leopard print. Fuzzy slippers. I have uh, I have wool socks, so. uh, uh, a ten year old jogging pants, and and a, and a champion uh, shirt over a soft t shirt. So pretty cozy. Okay, all right, yeah. pretty good, pretty cozy. No pretty master, cozy. no master like Christopher though. I know Sunday is Sunday morning, guys. We should remind you once more. Uh, and then Ben has the sauce on sauce. Mm. Hi Molly and Tom. Just wanted to comment on the Imger lingo mentioned in the last show. The use of sauce in place of source has been around for quite some time, I believe, around early to mid-2000s. It started on 4chan, source of a great many memes, when all the admin when the admin auto-corrected all instances of the word source to sauce, 
as a reference to the anime Ghost in the Shell. The term stuck even after the word filter was removed and spread through Reddit and other various corners of the internet. And then the alternating caps used to denote a mocking tone also comes from memedom. A picture of SpongeBob SquarePants posing like a chicken paired with the alternating text has been circulating image boards and social networks for a few years. I have really seen the style exploding this year as it's been largely divorced from the SpongeBob meme and has been picked up as a thing by many who are unaware of its origins. I love you guys. Man, so good. there is, if not already written, a doctoral thesis to be written about how teenagers are meme factories and what mm-hmm. causes memes to persist within teendom or even to break out outside of teen- teendom and then become embedded in our culture, right? Wow. Because sauce, sauce is an example of the first. It was, it, was a, it was a meme for you know a short period of time, then the filter went away, but it stuck around within that universe, yeah, but it hasn't really broken out because that's why we weren't familiar with. But cool and okay are both memes from teens, <laughs> right? You know mm. that are now just part of our vernacular. Cool might still go away. I feel like it's fading a little, but okay yeah. is a worldwide word now. And there will be other things that come in. Yeah, oh, yeah. It hasn't always been internet memes. Also, I'm just happy that uh, you dear audience is here to basically give us the dissertation as like so on true. command. Yeah. <laughs> Please keep it coming. Feedback at it's a thing dot me because you know so much more than we do. I love it. Now, Sunday morning, you know, often a time to just putter about the house. Mm-hmm, uh, and mm-hmm. so in, in light of that, uh, Rich, our producer has made this week's shout outs based on houseplant descriptions, <laughs> you know, as you, Wander around in your fuzzy slippers, watering your plants. Okay. Before we even start, I have to say that I have a Sunday 9 a.m. reminder to water the house plants. Yeah. It's the Sunday thing to do, right? It is the Sunday thing to do. Rich, on it, as always. All right. Here we go. These are, of course, the patrons who who support us at the shout out level at patreon.com slash it's a thing. And uh, we hope we make it worth your while. Here we go. Lee Price is a classic. This is the most popular of the patrons that originated in Central America and became a fast favorite in parlors and porches in North America during the Victorian era. Remember, these are just houseplant descriptions. We're not actually saying Lee Price is the most popular patron. Uh, Kevin Sill (laughs) makes a big statement in any room. Interior decorators are finally appreciating this tall beauty as an architectural feature. We're seeing him everywhere, online and off. Splashed with cream, green, and gray, Eric Duncan is stunning. Like other members of the family, he wants bright, indirect light. He's not as fussy as some about watering, but don't allow him to dry out or he will protest. That's true. Me too. Uh, Jake Woods tolerates low light levels, but give him bright light and he will dependably produce long-lasting white spathes, each surrounding a spadex covered densely with his tiny, true flowers. That's so true, Jake. So it's Jake. So, it, it really is. Gabrielle Cohen's easy care and lush disposition make her a standout for indoor gardens. She's more tolerant of low humidity than most tropicals. Give her a quarter turn in front of the window every week to expose all sides to indirect sunlight. Cascading stems covered with lush lobed leaves make Brad Sparks an ever popular patron. Whether you display him on a pedestal by himself, surround him with other patrons, or add him to a dish garden, his beautiful foliage is a standout. 
Who hasn't grown a Louis Saint Amour? So true. This happy-go-lucky patron tolerates low light and infrequent waterings like few others can. Even with little attention, he grows like nobody's business. Cut him back once in a while to keep him under control. (laughs) (laughs) Although slow growers, you can expect Andrew Wyatt to reach up to 10 feet. Small, waxy leaves densely cover his drooping branches, giving him graceful elegance. Growers sometimes braid his trunks, adding to his charm. (laughs) We want to remind you again, this is metaphor. Oh, amazing. Oh, my God. It's so good. Descriptions of houseplants. I mean, I don't know, A, how Producer Rich does it. And uh, I don't know, B, how you could even prevent yourself from supporting the show, because frankly, I would want to hear myself. <laughs> right. Because you may think, well, but I, you know, if I'd supported earlier, I would be a houseplant, but now I'm not. You never know what's coming next time. You never know. Right? You never know you what's coming get in next. On that. You never know. <laughs> Honestly, thank you to all of you who support the show. Sometimes I wonder why you do, but I'm endlessly grateful because it means we do it every single week. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash it's a thing. <laughs> Indeed. You can also email us. Don't forget that email address. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. Keep those things coming. Yep. Talk to you next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.